everybody, and welcome to the podcast today. Uh, our guest is Dr. Bob Roberts of Northwood Church in Keller, Texas. Dr. Roberts is someone that I heard at Christ at the Checkpoint Conference uh, in Bethlehem in the West Bank, and I was impressed with his message, and I keep seeing him pop up uh, relating to Muslim culture here in America and abroad. And uh, I'm excited and honored that he would be our guest today. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about his story and his ministry and the ministry of his church. It's an honor to be with you today. So thanks for the invite. Dr. Roberts, we spoke earlier, and you gave me a bit of a background, and I would just like for you to share uh, a little bit. You planted Northwood Church how many years ago? Uh, 30 years ago, Jimmy, started Northwood. and. Okay. Uh, during that time, uh, we started about 200 churches out of our church here in the U.S., and 26 of them are between a mile and a half and five miles of our current location. So, so we believe that uh, instead of being the biggest church in the city, you ought to church the city. And we require these churches to do three things. Number one, they have to work with the poorest of the poor in their city. Number two, they have to keep multiplying churches where they are. And number three, they have to pick a hard spot in our world to work. And so that's kind of what we do. How did you get involved with ministry to Muslims? Because you have friendships all over the world and locally with imams and, and Muslim leaders. Uh, how did that happen for you? Well, in a, in a rather strange way, to be honest with you, uh, there, were, there were two profound uh, questions that impacted my life. Uh, the first was, when will Jesus be enough for you, Bob Roberts? And that question pushed me to the Sermon on the Mount, the concept of the kingdom of God, and that radically began to redefine how I did ministry, what success and failure looked like in a kingdom church versus just a church that's focused on the Sunday worship. And then the second question was, uh, what if the church were the missionary? What would that look like? And so through that question, I began to think about how do we engage the world as a church? And so our church adopted the country of being. Vietnam, a place I really didn't want to go to because my dad's a pastor, and it buried a lot of soldiers. But we began to work in Vietnam, and the way we worked with Vietnam, as crazy as it sounds, was with the government, the communist, uh, the atheist, and we began to help people use their jobs, working in the domains of society. And it went over phenomenal. So we couldn't do Christian work, we did humanitarian work, and if people would ask us about our faith, we'd talk about it. After 9-11, we were asked to do the exact same thing in Afghanistan. And I had zero desire to do that. I'd already been afraid of the communists. I was definitely afraid of Muslims. Didn't even want to uh, consider that. Right. And after the Holy Spirit just let me have it in a strong way one day, uh, we agreed to go. And so we did the exact same thing. And so we went to Afghanistan, and I met with one of the leaders in a particular province. And uh, I told him, I said, I'm not going to preach, teach, pass out religious tracts, uh, but we want to serve you. And if... Uh, People ask us about our faith, we're not going to deny it, and we'll answer their questions. But, but we're here first and foremost to serve you in the name of Jesus, and if you're okay with that. And he told me, he said, uh, thanks for being honest. Your missionaries come here and say there are other professions, and we're not good at either thing. And so we begin to work, and, and our work, as crazy as it sounds, wound up being done with imams. There were a unique set of circumstances I wound up meeting with a bunch of imams. And I know it sounds crazy, but I became friends with those imams in Afghanistan. They knew I was a pastor. So they started reading the New Testament. I started reading the Quran. Uh, we started building schools together, clinics together. I started taking other pastors with me. And we started working together. 
And uh, from there, the Brookings Institute had heard that there was this pastor who was friends with communists and Muslims, and they wanted me to come tell my story at the World Islamic uh, Forum. And I did. And from there, the rest is history. I got to know a lot of Islamic leaders and go to their countries and work with them, and they come visit our church, and that's how it all started. That is fantastic. And and you're not just doing work overseas. You're doing work locally. I think that's an important yeah. issue. Yeah, that'll, that's what will get you in trouble. Uh, evangelicals, right. we love it when people go around the world to tell people about Jesus. But you start messing with Muslims in your neighborhood, and they start coming to your church, and you become friends with the imam. That, that scares people. You know, the great communication is for those people over there, not here. Right. And that, that'll get you in a lot of trouble. But so, it's good to do. You should do it. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you mentioned in our earlier conversation, you mentioned uh, having a kingdom mentality about those things, that sometimes we, we, we get our loyalties out of order, so to speak. Yeah. We confuse the kingdom of God with the kingdom of America. And those yeah. really are two different things. And you've got to be able to, you've got to, be able to, to put your loyalties where they belong, with the kingdom of God. And uh, sometimes uh, it impacts your politics and a lot of other things. Right. Well, and today there's a lot of fear. You know, you are from the Dallas area. I'm in the Oklahoma City area. And I know that in our area, there's a lot of fear regarding Islam among, you know, kind of the general population, but also among Christians. And and your church, you know, you, you go from a church plant to a mega church and a church planting church. And you went through a transition in the way that you understood things, overcoming through a process some of your fears and, and maybe uh, lack of knowledge you mentioned earlier in our conversation, as long as you were going overseas to minister to and serve Muslims, that was fine. But when you started doing it your back door, uh, then you started taking some some heat maybe from people within your congregation and, and the community. Right. What kinds of uh, what kinds of feedback were you getting at that point, and how did you uh, kind of overcome or deal with the feedback that you were getting? Uh, the, the first fear was uh, some people, uh, most people don't know a Muslim, and so their perception is they're going to be nice to them in public, but that's it. Uh, it even if, the, And they may not even be nice to them in public. But, you know, the first thing, you know, the fear was are they going to be terrorists, are they going to try to kill us, and so forth. And so one of the things that we did, we, we deliberately started slow. Uh, one weekend, uh, we got the largest synagogue, the largest mosque in our church, and and uh, all three came together. We went to the synagogue and had kosher food and visited. And then Saturday we went to the mosque and the Christians and Muslims, all of us, then had a Q&A session. And then Sunday they all came to our church. And so gradually you, you begin to let down the barriers. You try to get people to see one another as individuals. And so, you know, somebody was, you know, what if it's a terrorist? I said, well, you know, probably not, but... But are you a Christian? Yes, I am. When you die, are you going to heaven? Yes, I am. Well, then, hey, if something happens, chill out. It's all cool. Right. A different shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't calm them a lot. But but I would say some of the pushback was, you know, uh, are they going to do something to us? And aren't we at war with Muslims and things like that? And I think you have to just deal with them one at a time. And in the end, I don't think you can calm everybody's fears. Right. I think you have to make a choice. Are we going to do what's right? Are we going to do what the kingdom, what Jesus taught about loving your neighbor, about loving your enemies, about loving all people? 
about putting everything on the line, or are we going to operate in fear? And, and that's just a big choice. And uh, I think for the majority of people, when challenged, they want to operate in, in, in faith and in love. But some are still going to be driven by fear. Right. Uh, are you accused of being a Muslim or of letting your theology oh, gosh, slide? Yeah. You know, you're, are you, yeah. are you a, a, have you abandoned Christianity from some people's perspective on that regard? No, I'm a very conservative evangelical. I'm living yeah. the authority of the scriptures, the divinity of Jesus. I mean, uh, you can't be more conservative than what I am theologically. Uh, so, you know, I, I would say, but, but I think, um, uh, when, when people become afraid, they say all kind of crazy things. Right. Uh, so at our multi-faith gatherings, always oh, share the gospel. Here's what I believe who Jesus is, what he did, why the cross is important. I know so you, you don't, you don't back that. off at all of talking oh, about Jesus. Somewhere. But I'm nice about it. Why do right. you have to be hateful about those things? You know, Jesus is the only way to God, you know, right. you know, the hell with the rest of you. You don't have to be that way. Right. Just be kind and gracious. If you really believe that, you ought to be gentle and humble. Right. Sure, I'm accused right. of stuff like that. But, you know, the truth of the matter is I don't, I don't watch it that much anymore. It's just not worth it. And here's the thing. Look at Jesus. He hung out with the woman at the well in the middle of the day, who was a woman of ill repute, sends the apostles off, and could have been, you know, he certainly didn't follow the Billy Graham rule of never being with a woman alone. Right. So, I mean, if, if he did that, and he really is the way, the truth, and the life, then what's wrong with me that I will water down his message by not loving people he loves? See, a lot of people talk about watering down the message. Uh, you know, are you really talking about Jesus? I, w- I would contend that most Christians water down the message by not allowing the message of Jesus to get the people they're afraid of. That's Uh, watering the message down. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. I wonder if you could address two issues. One, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, spreading peace, the event that is going to be going on, and the other events that are going to be going on for pastors and imams and other people. Uh, But I also, like for, for somebody who's listening who says, I want to engage locally Muslim culture, uh, maybe they want to do that individually, but they also would maybe like to get their church involved. Are there, what, what would be your advice? I mean, I, I you know, my assumption is, is your first one would be pray like crazy, but as far as actions yeah. go, uh, in the community or with your church, what would be your advice? Well, I'd say two or three things. Number one, you should engage. This is the largest group outside of Christians. And if you believe in the great commission, and you believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world, and you love all people, why would you not engage the largest group in the world? Right. Everybody but that group. So so you should. It, it's tough. Uh, for that reason, uh, I wrote a book about two years ago. It's called Bold is Love, and it okay. literally tells the story of Northwood, my story, how we did that. There's a study guide that goes along with that for churches that want to do that or individuals. So we've already anticipated that question, and we put a resource together. Great. But... Uh, Here's something I would invite pastors to if you just want to observe, and we'd love to have any of your listeners to come. But we're doing an event. It's at www.spreadingpeace.net, spreadingpeace.net. And in January of 2014, I met in uh, Nepal, me and the leading imam in America, uh, with uh, some of the top Islamic leaders and some of the top Christian leaders from Pakistan. And we met to discuss together 
uh, how we can bring down tensions between uh, minorities and the majority religion, which is Islam, in Pakistan. And we came up with an idea while we were there together that we would focus on you know, America's majority Christian, uh, Pakistan majority Muslim, and all persecution has to do with how the minorities are treated. Right. And so how could we address religious freedom around the world from America? And our conclusion was, by watching out for Muslims here, that gives us credibility to speak into issues around the world. And the yes. problem we have right now is people, diplomats, politicians, NGOs, the UN, they can't make any headway. Well, pastors have massive ac access to the followers and so forth. So we came up with the plan. And so in May of 2014, we took 12 of the leading e uh, evangelical pastors with 12 of the leading imams in the United States to a cowboy ranch. It spent three days together, and it went over huge. And in June of this year, uh, seven of the leading Islamic uh, imams and seven of the leading pastors met in Doha. Many of the pastors from America and imams came and met with them. And we developed this strategy of watching out for one another and at the same time doing community work together between our two faiths. And so uh, we, we put together an event for the Americans, uh, October 22, where top evangelical pastors and top imams from America are gathered. Our, our goal is 200 of each, and we're about 300 right now, and we're excited about it. Fantastic. And you can see who's going to be speaking. Yeah. And what's crazy is some of the uh, Muslims, uh, the Grand Imam, the head of the Ulema Council, uh, some of the pastors decided they wanted to come. So they're all flying over here to be a part of that. Uh, some leaders from Saudi Arabia heard about it. They're coming. Leaders from Doha are coming. So it's kind of taking a life of its own. And uh, so we, we would love, it's in D.C., and uh, we would love to have anybody who wants to come to be a part of that. Well, I will uh, make that available on my all my websites and, and stuff for people to be able to go to. Because the thing is, is obviously that's kingdom work, but that's also international relations taking place in ways that, you know, governments can't do what people can do and right. on the grassroots level. And so engaging that can actually have sub substantial effects both here obviously for the, the leaders who are here, but those who are coming internationally can see that working as well. I'm going to let you go because I know you, you uh, uh, have things going on. I would like for you to share with our listeners just the one story that we, that you had shared at Christ at the checkpoint that we talked about earlier. You were in Nepal in a situation where there were different religions going on and maybe even some persecution taking place. Yeah. And uh, can you just, you know, I know that's a, a larger story, but just briefly share uh, that story because I think it shows the work of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Well, so we're in Nepal and we're debating all these issues. Well, I have a friend who uh, has a church there that had barely 100 people 20 years ago, and it now has over 10,000. So I called him, told him I was in town and that I was going to come, and he said, great. And so I was just going to go, I mean, they speak Nepalese, so I was just going to observe the service. Well, one of the imams overheard it. He wanted to go, so I called and got permission. He started bragging to the other imams. Well, by the time it was over, all the imams that were there had to rent a bus, uh, hmm. wanted to go, because they'd never been to a Christian worship service. And so I said, uh, let, let me call. So I got permission. I took them 
So we sat in the room where they worship, and it's funny they still worship in the same place. They just have about ten or fifteen worship services. So these so are imams the going to a Christian worship service. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. never been to a Christian worship service. Yeah. Christian worship experience was in a Nepalese church in Kathmandu. So we go in the back, we're sitting on the floor. They had somebody to translate for them, and they found somebody and gave them headsets. And I looked over at one of the men, and he was weeping. He's an Islamic scholar. And I leaned over to him, and I said, Dr. So-and-so, are you okay? I I thought maybe he was sick or something. And he said, Bob, I feel God in this place. Hmm. I said, I do too. And I saw another guy. He was weeping as well. So when it was over, I said, has anyone ever explained to you guys how to follow Jesus? And they said, no. And I said, why? And he said, well, they're afraid we'll kill them. And I said, well, would y'all like for me to explain it to you? So I literally explained who Jesus was from a Christian perspective and what it means to follow him. And the next thing I knew, I got eight invitations to speak at the eight largest mosques of Pakistan to just explain what a Christian was and what we believed. So it's kind of cool. Wow. I mean, that is a fantastic story. I, I just love it. It resonated with me. The thing is, is my sense is, Dr. Roberts, is your whole life resonates that way and that the Holy Spirit uh, has prompted your heart. You're taking steps in the direction that the Holy Spirit is sending you and the doors are being opened because he's he's doing the prep work. Not that there's not difficulties and challenges, yeah. but I, I'm just encouraged by everything that uh, that we've had a chance to talk about here in this interview and earlier and the, the things I've heard uh, from you know, before. Jimmy, here, here's something I've learned. When I quit preaching and I started listening to people and just being friends with them and talking about Jesus to them, the whole world opened up to me. Oh, yeah. But I had to quit being a preacher and just be a person who was in love with Jesus. That's what people respond to. Yeah. Uh, that's so good. Well, we're going to end on that because that's that's a great challenge for all of us wherever we are, and just truth, right? I mean, that's the gospel in yeah. our lives. And so thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm honored that you're here, and I, I know that anybody that uh, is listening will be encouraged by what you have to say. So the Lord bless you in all of your work. And you be too, with buddy. You. All thank right. you. See you, man. See you. Bye-bye.